you please join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for the season. Lord, our desire truly is to keep this season in our heart the year through. Um, but this is always just a wonderful reminder of why we get to celebrate. And in, in spite of all the busyness and the things that we've got planned, Lord, that we would remember to honor you, the, the work that you did of sending your son to this earth in the form of an infant so that we could know you, that you brought yourself to this earth in a human body is just amazing. And so I pray that throughout this season we would take that and, and just it would become such a powerful reality for us. And also just the reality as we have our, our message today, Lord, thank you that we get to talk about diversity, the beautiful way that you have created us in so many different ways, and that we can be open to loving others the way you do. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just want to start by saying that we are moving into the supernatural. We're speaking about a God that is so big, that is so loving, that is so beyond our thoughts or anything that we could come up with, who has the ability to make each and every person unique and special. You know, this, this verse that, that talks, and this is each of us, God made all of us uh, we were all made delicate. Our inner parts of our body were knit together in our mother's womb. At the moment of creation, we were defined. Uh, we were defined unique. We were defined special. Uh, and we thank God for making it so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well we all should know that. We should be aware of the uniqueness of a human being, uniqueness actually of all life that exists, that God creates, that God knows, that he speaks into existence. We have to be reminded that, that we're part of his design for this world. And, and he's a God that is sovereign, which means he rules over everything. There's no mistakes. There's no accidents. So many people will grow up with the concept that, that they're a mistake, they're an accident, they really don't belong. But that's not true. God, the sovereign God who rules over all, has made each person. He's made them with a purpose. He loves them. And he's got a plan for each of us. As we, and he calls to each of us. He knocks on the door of every heart and invites us into a relationship. And in this world of diversity, which is conditions of having or being composed of, of different elements or qualities, we're, we're invited to love each other. We're invited, as the title of the message is, uh, Loving Diversity. We're to love the differences. We're to accept the differences in other people. We're to love each other as Christ loves us. This, this standard of love that we've been called to each week in this series, we've been talking about this. It's, it's a unique love. It's not an earthly love. It's not a romantic love. It's not a teehee love. It's not a back and forth or brotherly. It's, it's a special godly love. That actually this word agape, uh, which we've used each week, was created in the first century to des describe the love that God demonstrated when he sent his son. Godly love is humble, unselfish, unconditional, unmerited, and it never changes. You see, we're, we're called to participate in this supernatural love for everyone. Each week we've talked about this to love other people as Christ has loved us. Uh, and as we do that, the world should see the difference in Christians. We should see the difference in who we are and, and how we treat other people. 
and today is about diversity, the difference in people. As we talk about this, with just a reminder that God created us, uh, each unique and special. We're all different. We all have differences and uniqueness about us, but God's in the diversity. I looked this up, uh, didn't know this, 350,000 individual different plants that can be that can be made different. Diversity. We have 10 million species of animals alive today that we're aware of, and we're discovering more all the time. All different, all special. The diversity is shown in our fingerprints, our retina scans, our DNA, the, the scientific breakthrough and discovery and, and investigation of the, our personal DNA inside of us. Makes us all unique and special. The lines that literally, the billions of lines of code, just like in a computer, code are written into our DNA that describes us, that, that decides, you know, who we're going to be. And again, God did that for the seven billion people that are alive today. Start to see the size and the magnitude and, and the power of our God. And, and this diversity that he's created he loves each one of us with a supernatural love. Not like human love, but godly love that never changes. As we go forward, this has been our desire over this series to be able to point that out to each other and to be able to, to go forward. So today we're, we talked in this series about loving God, good start, loving our neighbor, okay, loving our enemies, and we talked about that, what a, what a challenging message that was as we looked at those people uh, who could be on that list, We're from, all the way from a terrorist to someone who absolutely disagrees with us in so many areas. And we talked about loving the needy. Last week, we talked about loving family. I hope you had a chance to huddle up with your families and to be able to enjoy that, uh, that time. Uh, I, yeah, what about the snow? What, I got to, come on, let's, let's yeah. Now, I don't want to make a comparison, but you know all flakes are different? <laughs> we'll just let that go. <laughs> but, but again, Christians commanded to love in, in all of the differences that are there. So I'm going to ask you up front, can you accept me as a human being the way God designed me? Can, can, you, can, you, can you accept me uh, obnoxious, loud? Can you accept that? Uh, tall, bald. I didn't think that would be the punchline. <laughs> Size 12 feet, that's all there. Can, can you accept me? Can you accept me as a, as a Bible-believing Christian? Can, can, can you accept me as a man? Can you, you accept me as someone who may disagree with you on several points? Can you accept me in my right to express those opinions? That's really what today's about. In our diversity, in expressing our diversity, in communicating our diversity, will we be accepted? Will you accept me? And of course, the bottom line is as we go forward, it goes both ways. Can I accept you? Can you accept your neighbor, the people around you, the people that you disagree with? Can, can, can we accept them? As we go forward, can we accept diversity? Can we follow God's command to love in that situation? 
You know, one of the things in our culture today, and we're going to hopefully update our culture today as we go and talk about it and how it's changed and where it is right now. But a number of years ago, the most popular verse, like 20 years ago, the most popular verse was John 3.16. Many of us are of the age here right now. We could almost quote that, for God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. We knew that. That's not the most popular verse anymore. The verse that most people know when they're stopped on the street is, don't judge. Judge not. In other words, in, a, in an age of, of personal truth with no absolute truth, everyone's personal truth becomes their truth, and we can't tell them they're wrong. We're not in a position to judge without the Bible in place, without moral absolutes in place. Every idea is a good idea. Every moral is a permissible, permissible moral uh, activity that takes place. Don't judge others or you'll be judged. And we're told to accept one another just as Christ has accepted you. This will give glory to God. You know, we're told to love our neighbor and hate our enemy. But even those who are totally opposed to us, who are theologically or uh, for multiple reasons, they, they're in a position of enemies, we're to pray for those who persecute us. In that way, we'll be acting like children of our Father in heaven. That's us. Who are we? I love it. Who are we to condemn someone else's servant? Because everyone serves their truth, serves the God as they see it, God, whatever's in front of them. Uh, who are we to judge someone else's servant? Their own master's going to judge them. That's going to take place. We're to love them. Agape love, unconditional, unmerited, unchanging, total love for that person. Even the diversity that we see around us. Challenging stuff in the days that we live in today. It tells us to accept people, even those who persecute us. We're not to judge people who have different values, different political views, different lifestyles, different races, uh, different religions or different sexual orientation. We can't say that they're wrong because they don't, they don't agree with us and our values, our political, our religion, and our sexual orientation. If we're biblical Christians, we're called to love all religions. If you're a Democrat, you got to love Republicans. If you're a Republican, you got to love Democrats. Did I hear a oh? <laughs> Never mind. This is, but this is the challenge that we live in. If you're LGBTQ here today, can you love and not judge a heterosexual and vice versa? Can we not judge? Uh, this, is, this is what we're called if we're a straight Christian Republican who believes the Bible is God's word that forbids homosexuality. Can we love a member of the LGBT community? See, we get right to it. Can we humbly love in that situation? This is the challenge inside of our country. And, and, and really, that's where we're, we're going today because our country has left the rails. Our country is, has digressed in so many areas. Our country's divided. This is not new news to anyone. We're divided uh, along so many lines, economic lines, religious lines, relational lines, political lines. Oh, the, 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 the discord that runs back and forth. But Jesus knows the truth, and everyone here knows the truth. If a family or a kingdom or a country is divided radically among themselves, they will fall, they will fail, 
they will come apart. We see the straining as our country is coming apart at the seams. There's no longer civil discourse across racial lines, across religious lines, across lifestyle lines. It is now becoming just almost anger instant. I uh, don't have cable at my house, so once in a while when my wife and I are out of town, we will, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll stay up late, sometimes as late as 8 o'clock. <laughs> but I'll go to bed and I'll grab the remote and, and, and do the man thing and, and go look around. And as I go through political stations and channels, it doesn't take but a moment for the hate to come. They stir it. They, they bring it up. You know, I, I've said this so often. If, if you can't watch that kind of stuff, you're not mature enough to watch it if you get angry when you're watching it. So don't. Uh, again, falling apart. But here's, here's what God says about a nation. And when we let our sinful natures as individuals inside of families, inside of a country, run wild. When we let our sinful nature, the results are clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, which is the pharmakia, word for drugs. But look at this. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissension, and divisions. You see, this describes our country. This is heartbreak. This is a heartbreak to God. This is a heartbreak to anyone that loves our country as we continue to, to work and, and bounce against each other. You know, as a, as a nation, we're divided and splintered. We feud over this. What's going on right now? Look at impeachment. We're arguing over immigration, over taxing the rich, over health care, over uh, assault weapons, gun rights, abortion rights. We're divided over gay rights. We're divided over Christians having the right of free speech and not being called hate speech. These are challenging times. Make no mistake. The truth is the divisions are dooming us as we go forward. Uh, I don't think this is out of the reach. Uh, reading an article recently of a, of a thoughtful person looking at what's going on in his country, he says, if we don't change direction, uh, what we're predicting is insurrection, rebellion, and anarchy inside of our country. And I don't think that's off-the-wall thinking. I think we're, we're pointed in that direction. Something has to intervene. So I want to start by acknowledging uh, the differences and the diversity that we have here today. Some here are not committed Christians. You've just come to see what a wacky old bald guy would say about diversity. And so you're here just checking God out maybe and, and checking the church out at this time. You're welcome. Thank you. Some of you are, are, are committed Christians and, and you've come uh, l to learn about God, to see how to apply his principles, his love to your life. You, we follow the Bible. It's part of what we do. Others here are nominal Christians. You, you think Jesus is there. He's your, maybe have a personal one. You're not a biblical Christian yet. You haven't fully committed. You're kind of lukewarm to the whole thing. So we got a, we got a mixed deck. And, and maybe some people came just to see what would be said about diversity maybe expecting offense in one way or the other. Uh, so we have, we have a mixed bag here today uh, from everything that's there. So how do we respond? How do we start? Let's start with some basics for Christians. The challenge to Christians in the reality of 2019. Let's, let's just understand that things have changed inside of our country and are changing even as we speak. 
It has radically changed in my lifetime. Now, that covers seven decades, by the way, for those of you who want to know how old the bald guy is. Uh, Isaiah was right when he talked about that people would, people would honor God with their lips, but their hearts are far from them. You know, Christmas is coming. Uh, probably, with, almost without exception, everyone's going to celebrate Christmas. But are we going to celebrate the Christ of Christmas inside of our country? What's the priority? Is this total commitment to a total God who died for us? We can honor God with our lips. We can check the Christian box on our applications and forms. But are our hearts far from him? Are we, are we following God's commands or our own? You know, the truth is, if, if we're choosing to do that, uh, often we're going to be under persecution Today in our country, these are people who go to church, call themselves Christians, check the Christian box. Only 10% see their, see their world through the lens of the Bible. The rest see the, see the world through their personal lens. Their worldview is what the world says. And so we live in challenging times for all of us as we go forward in this. 2019, we need to know if you're here and you're a follower of Christ, we have to know that we're living in a post-Christian era. There was a time when it was, this was a Christian country founded on Christian principles, and, and the Ten Commandments were displayed. God was taught in schools up to 1960 inside of our country. Uh, that was the foundation and the reality that was there. But we now live in a post-Christian culture where Christians become the small minority, maybe 3% in the general population. But what gets scarier is under 20%, that's less than 1%. In a few decades, Christian, biblical Christians will be not measurable inside of our country. Uh, it, it's time for us to understand that in, inside of our lives and how we approach the generations that are before us. Because Christianity is out of step with the general culture. And because of that, we should expect persecution. What that persecution is going to look like, not, I, we, we see some of it starting. Uh, don't be surprised by the fiery ordeals that you're going through. Is this something strange? It's not unusual for Christians to be persecuted. This year, in the world, 100,000 Christians will die. They will be martyred for their faith. Uh, Hundreds of millions of Christians around the world are under persecution, economic persecution, religious persecution, uh, many being tortured and, and put into jail. We should not be surprised if we walk in our country today and we have a biblical worldview, we're going to be kind of out of step with some of the ideas and the things that are there, all the way from parenting principles to how we spend our money, to what TV shows we watch, what we allow our kids to watch. There's a lot of things where we're going to be challenged. And biblical Christians uh, will, will find maybe some objections in the public school system that's taking place. But the question is, how do we respond? How do we respond when our values, our attitudes are challenged by opinions, practices, and laws, and school curriculum that clearly violate God's principles that we believe are true? What do, how do we do that? The response is something that is really hard. We're supposed to love the people that are persecuting us. Whether it's a politician, whether it's uh, someone at the workplace, whether it's someone out in the community. If someone persecutes us, we should pray for them. If we do that, we'll be acting like God. 
And here's the challenge that, that, to make no mistake, I put this here for a reason. Jesus was clear. He says, if we're angry with someone, we're subject to judgment. If we call them an idiot, which is often some of the things that may come through our mind when other people say certain things, we're in danger of being brought before the court. If you curse someone, we're in danger of the fires of hell. Jesus doesn't pull any punches here. This is not a multiple choice question. We are to love each person that's there. It's the foundational test of biblical Christianity. Can we love those who are our enemies, who are different than us, and who are persecuting us? Can we show unconditional, unmerited, unchanging love to people who are different than us? We, we get a chance to check that regularly. As, as followers of Christ, every time we take communion, which we do about once a month, when we take the, we take the elements of, of the bread and the wine representing the body and the blood of Christ, we're told to examine ourselves. We're to look inside of our hearts. That's why you should examine yourself when we do this before eating the bread and drinking the cup. If we take it uh, in, without honoring the body of Christ, without honoring his commands, we're really drinking judgment to ourselves. This is when we have communion, there's always a time we encourage people to stop and look in our hearts. Are we in the right place? And today's the day when we take a step back and say, are we in the right place here? Is, is, are we packing any heat against a political group, against a religious group, against a sexual orientation group, against anyone? Are we packing heat? If we are, we're setting ourselves outside Love is the bottom line of Christianity. Please make no mistakes. And not love in an in a intellectual. It's this total commitment of agape love to other people. You know, we're told if we, if we speak with long, tongues of men and angels and, and we don't have love, that we're nothing. If, if, we, if we turn around and we've got this gift of prophecy, we can tell the future uh, we understand all God's secret plan. We got, all our, we got our theology absolutely straight. We can do miracles. We can move mountains. And we don't love others. We're nothing. We're nothing in God's kingdom and in his eyes. You see, love is the measure. And, and that's, I guess I've, I've made that point as often as I can right here. It's the biggest challenge for me. It's an ongoing purging of the heart. You know, no doubt, we don't like this. Human nature wants to push back at the wrongs we see in our country. You know, I know I want to judge and condemn sinners. Oh, come on, let me do that. I want to stay in a holy huddle of the church and not go out where there's diversity or, or different opinions that are there. But that's not our choice. Our hope is that we're transformed from the inside out. We've done this every week, I believe, in this series to remind the idea that loving our enemies, love diversity, love those people who are in opposition to us is absolutely against human nature. If you're having trouble or finding it impossible to do that, you might suspect that you don't have God's nature in you. Because my only hope for loving diversity, enemies, and persecution is that I've been crucified with Christ and he now lives through me. That it's not my power, it's his, it's his nature, not mine. 
that his Holy Spirit lives in me, which will bring love and joy and peace and patience inside of that. You know, I, if I claim to know God and I don't follow his commandments and live like Christ, I'm a liar. And so the truth is that the, the, the real solution for diversity and bringing unity in our country is in this room and rooms and churches just like this all around this nation where we can learn to love one another, speak to one another in truth. You know, because that's with the power that God gives us. And, you know, this is, this is easy to say from a biblical sense because the laws are clear in God's, God's commands that are in front of us. But also, as, as Christ followers, we're commanded to obey the laws of our country because God established this nation. He establishes all authority comes from him. So he has set in place the leaders that we have. If we're dissatisfied with the leaders that we have, we have a challenge because God put them there. I, I really irritate people when I point out that people get the government they deserve. Think about that. Those of you that are angry and shaking your fist at the political structures that are around us, they're not the problem. We are. We need to change so that God can change the government. Because actually, at last check, we voted them in. So follow the, the authorities that's put over us. You know, this verse was written, by the way, when Nero, one of the most the cruelest rulers in all history, was there. The Apostle Paul wrote it. Uh, a few years later, Nero beheaded him. At the same time, Christians were being nailed to crosses, covered with tar, and lit as torches to light the streets of Rome. This is the kind of, he says, submit to the government. This is, this is the thing that is put in front of us. What are the laws of our country? Very simple. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Really? Our Declaration of Independence, that all men are created, not evolved by God, by the way, are created equal, and they're endowed by their creator with inalienable rights. These cannot be taken away from them. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is guaranteed to each person. It's created by God inside of our country, by our country's laws. No law can be made inside of this country respecting the establishment of a religion or prohibiting the, here it is, free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech. I'm exercising that today. In the majority of the world, I couldn't do this. Neither could you. You couldn't gather like this. But this is, this is the law of our land. It's put up around us. Our, fan, our founding fathers who wrote the Declaration of Independence and our Constitution acknowledged that God had created us, so we're all equal. Our laws guarantee that. So inside of our country, that's a, that's a given right that, that's been given to us by God through our leaders. The next, as far as civil rights are concerned, uh, it was a long time in coming, but in 1954, a civil rights bill was passed in our country. It's now the law of the land that Christians follow, that we cannot uh, show any prejudice against anyone, whether race, color, religion, creed, national origin, industry, sex, age, uh, physical or mental disability, veteran status, genetic information. Interesting that they had that in 64, uh, or citizenship. We can't, we can't discriminate against anyone. This is 1964. This was founded by our fathers, finally coming true inside of our country, long overdue. But in 2019, those aren't the issue. 
The issue that is really challenging to all of us is LGBTQ rights. That's where the challenge is today. We see both sides fighting back and forth. Legal battle is the hot button. Most people here are aware of that. Maybe some people came just to hear how I could present that. This concept of ideas, we see demonstrations on both sides. We see, uh, we see mobs forming. And this picture bothers me because it's so typical of a demonstration against the LGBTQ community. The sad thing is that they're out demonstrating in the street, but the, the saddest thing to me is it appears that he's holding a Bible. I want to go, don't do that. Using a Bible as a club to beat someone over the head. That's so un-Jesus-like. And, and, but on the other side, the demonstrations push back coming at them as they're, uh, all love is equal. Love is love are the signs that they put forward. And so this battle rages inside of our country. But for the most part, that battle's over, guys. The law of the land is same-sex marriage. Get over it. That's the law of the land. And, and even, even beyond that, this, the Equal Rights Amendment uh, that's going through the, the state's ratification right now uh, is going forward that we cannot discriminate because of sexual orientation. 21 states, by the way, no surprise, California passed it. Is, is, this is now the law of the land. Why would we do that? Take a look. Talk about uh, a reality check. In 1960, 1997, 68% of the people were opposed to gay marriage. 27% were in favor. Those numbers have reversed. Currently, uh, in our country, we're a democracy, and that's why the laws are changing. People support gay marriage. Why? Why is that? That's, that's maybe my explanation is that every year a senior class for the last 40 years has graduated where they advocate uh, rights, personal truth, and all this other stuff. So how do we deal with How do we respond to this in all of these areas? How do you, if you're a boss on base and, and, and someone comes to you and it is, is demanding certain rights or privileges, because of a status, say, how do we respond? If you're, a, if you're a businessman out in town and someone of a different sexual orientation comes in and wants you to provide services for them that involves you, how should you respond? Take a look at the courts today. Look at the cases that are working their way up. And ultimately, I know how they're going to be resolved. Nationally, the, this country will endorse LGBT rights just as they do all the other uh, groups inside of our country you know we and even other things that are taking place if you're not familiar with the assembly bill 99 in the United States in California it now makes it illegal to speak against anything uh, LGBTQ rights this 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 hate speech uh, will cause churches actually to shut down at some time in the near future so what's the problem? Why are we talking about this? Well, because we can right now, and we should. But not the political side, please. Not the law side, not the legal side. We don't need to talk about that. We need to talk about what we're going to do as Christians. 
as the laws continue to change? What will, what will a Bible-believing Christian position be if the, if the laws of the land drive us to certain decisions? We really have to choose God over man. When, when that takes place inside of our, uh, inside of our country, if it, if it means suffering, well, that's what's going to have to take place. Uh, so w what does that mean on a day-to-day -day basis for Christians inside of our land? Know the Bible. Follow the Bible. Now, for those of you who are visitors here or don't understand our commitment to the Bible and the Scripture, We've come to believe as Bible-believing Christians that it's a supernatural book that's delivered to us by God. If you have any questions, we always have pamphlets in the back called a ready defense, which describes why we believe the Bible is God's Word. So when God's Word speaks, it's our goal to follow it, it and it doesn't change. And so, and I think Christians, and I, I'm not going to spend time on this, but on your outline, it'll give why Christians what their belief structure is, what God tells us. Uh, God gives us clear, objective evidence uh, for ourselves. You know, uh, getting ready for this, so don't think that this is a slam dunk, because I went to the source of all wisdom in 2019. I went to Google, <laughs> just so I'd get right to the base of this. And uh, this, But this is important. It really struck me as a thing that I wanted to share. Uh, I, I put in... Uh, in, the, in the search bar, Bible verses about homosexuality. I thought that was pretty straightforward. Uh, I came up with 2.33 million websites in 0.41 seconds. Whoa! The first page had 11 uh, URLs where you could go to. Now, oh, by the way, just, just it's important to know that of these 11 sites, seven of them their purpose was to explain away any Bible verse that disagrees with homosexuality. So the majority of websites that are out there, and again, this is the, remember, the majority of Christians, uh, Christian denominations already ordain homosexuals, and they already perform gay marriages. So this, this shouldn't be surprising to us that, that, that their information is put out there. Uh, only four stated the Christian position. You know, one of the, the things that's important about our sexuality is God defines our sexuality absolutely from the beginning. He says that, that we're created in the image of God. We're created male and female as we go forward. We're, de we're decided from the moment of conception, whether if we, uh, which we are. If we've got two Y chromosomes, well, we're a young lady. If, if we've got an XY uh, Oh, wait a minute. Males are XY, right? I got confused. See, I, was, I had a little gender identity confusion there for a minute. <laughs> the Bible makes, the Bible says God makes that decision. And God says it should be a man and a woman. And that's not the law of the land right now, but that's the law of the Bible. God speaks, and I won't go into a bunch of detail about forbidding same-sex unions. That's that's for a biblical Christian. But what is the Christian response to the LGBTQ community? Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about LGBTQ. Don't talk about the Bible verses that, that God did this. 
and God did that in creating and make division. Show them Christ. If you don't love them, don't talk. If you can't lovingly express Christ's love for them, don't, don't enter into the debate. God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. Not to our theology, not to our ideology, not to our doctrine, not to our personal beliefs along these subject lines. Don't even go there. Bring them to Christ. Love them where they're at. You see, our, our message to the world, we're Christ ambassadors. Make, God's making his appeal to us. He says, come back to God. Express God. Express the love of shown by God through Jesus Christ's death on the cross. As we celebrate Christmas, there's a, a, an absolute proof of God's love. And then we celebrate Easter as Christ, our Savior, is nailed to the cross for every sin that's ever been committed. You know, appeal to people. Bring them to Christ. That's what we're here to do. You know, live like Jesus. Love like Jesus. And as you do that, by the way, there'll be times we'll be persecuted. But you love, you turn the other cheek, you continue to love. You know, so many times people ask me, I've had several times, I've people ask me, should I go to a wedding for an LGBTQ couple? That's a hard question, isn't it? Knowing that it may cross a lot of our beliefs. You know, but I tell them to go. I don't tell them to go blindly. I tell them to go say, you know, you can talk if there's someone you love dearly. Say, you know, I don't agree with what you're, these, some of the things and beliefs, but I love you. And if I can be there to help you in any way. Jesus went to some pretty despicable places and hung out with despicable people like me and like you. Just show love wherever we go. That's the challenge. The, the application is love, like Christ loved. Show it to everyone that's there. You know, and again, if you're angry with someone, just let it go. God's love is humble, unselfish, unconditional, unmerited, and never changing. And our love should be the same. You know, we can be a catalyst for change in this nation moving people toward Christ, or we can be a catalyst for division, strife, and more anger. It's really our choice. And it really isn't decided by our political uh, persuasion at all. It's defined by our heart. But show me in prayer. Father, we thank you that we have an opportunity to walk in a world that in many ways has rejected you, rejected your laws, rejected your ways. But just as the disciples 2,000 years ago walked into a world of persecution and hate, they showed love and they changed their world. And Lord, it's our desire to so show your love to this community to this state, to this nation, and actually to this world, that people might come to know you. Lord, it's, it's still the same equation. Cities, states, and countries in the world are changed one heart at a time. 
Thank you that you've invited us into your approach to show love to everyone that they might come to know you. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.